Hello, my name is Cheryl Meyer, otherwise known as Cheryl M. Health Muse, and I am a health coach. I want to welcome you to my podcast, It Feels Good to Feel Good, Future Proof Your Health. This is a weekly show that will share lifestyle changes that you can make to support your health yourself. Why do I want to share this information with you? Seven years ago, after being a business owner for 20 years, I woke up one morning in horrific pain where every bone and every joint in my body hurt. I went to the doctor, she ran lots of tests, and then she ran some more, and then she ran some more, and finally she called me and announced she was gonna give me steroids, but there was absolutely nothing wrong with me and I should seek therapy. I knew something was wrong, I hurt. So she told me I would be on steroids for the rest of my life, and I refused that I was gonna have a life of pain and pills. So why was I gonna take steroids? if there was nothing wrong with me. So I dug in and started researching and I turned my business over to my staff. I found a functional doctor who confirmed that I had autoimmune disease by making a series of significant lifestyle changes that I could do for myself. Five years later, I had returned to relative health. The best part is that I am now 70 and I, felt, I feel better now than I did when I was 50. I no longer hurt, which is huge. I will always have autoimmune disease, but losing the pain has been amazing. I went back to school at 67 and became a health coach because I want to share everything that I learned with others. And I wrote a book called It Feels Good to Feel Good, Learn to Eliminate Toxins, Reduce Inflammation, and Feel Great Again as the manual I wish that I had had when I got sick, and my book has won 13 awards. So whether you want to future-proof your health and grow old with dignity and grace without dementia and chronic pain and disease, which you don't need to get, or whether or not you already have a chronic condition like autoimmune disease or cancer or heart disease, and you want to learn about what things you can do to improve your long-term health, or whether you want to improve the health of your families and raise healthy children, because 53% of our children have a chronic condition, I look forward to sharing all this information with you. I will tell you, it truly does feel good to feel good, so let's get started. I look forward to having you join me here every week, and I want to give you hope that if you have chronic pain or chronic disease, you can make changes that will improve your health. And if you don't want to go there, you're going to be fine if you listen to the show and put these things into work. I want to give you information so that you can grow old and have a better tomorrow. So thank you for joining me. Let's get started. I'm Cheryl Meyer, or otherwise known as Cheryl M. Health Views, and today we're going to talk about trees and their importance to health. I'm writing my second book, which is It Feels Good, How I Live Low Toxin in Community and in the Everyday, in My Everyday Life. And I wanted to talk about the importance of going back to nature, so I decided that I was going to do research on forest bathing which is a concept that I'm familiar with because I do yoga with a Tao group. But I didn't really know how incredibly complicated trees are, and I am now completely, 
totally in awe of them. So I decided that I'd go a little bit off the beat of track of what you can't do or how to do what you need to do and just talk about the joy of trees. Now, I'm in Southern California, so if I can get to a forest, I can go up my mountains, which the base of the mountains is about five feet away from my house, and I can wind up into the mountains and get into trees pretty readily. And there's, we have a wonderful park where I live called the Los Angeles County Arboretum that's loaded with trees, which was originally Lucky Baldwin's estate here in Arcadia. He was a friend of Huntington who put the train through this area. And so he went, he bought a land, he got a land grant. I don't know if he bought it or not, but he was the first major settler here in this area. And then Huntington had an Arcadia train stop. So there are lots of trees on the, in the Arboretum and there's a natural lagoon in there. So it's really a marvelous park. But what I'm gonna encourage you to do as we talk about this is find a place that's close to you, whether you're a city person or a country person, where you can get back to nature because the health benefits are overwhelming and for reasons that I bet you don't know. Forest therapy was actually founded on the idea that as a species, we spent a few million years of our existence in the forest. I don't know about you, but my family had started in Africa and then went up and came in through Eastern um, Europe. And so there were lots of trees in that area. So yep, my family spent a couple million years in a forest before we made it to here. We now reside with others in cities and suburbs and are surrounded by all kinds of stimuli, which has led to stress that results in negative health consequences. Um, I have a great quote from John Muir and he died in the early 1900s. So you can see how timely this quote is even today. Thousands of tired, nerve-shaken, over-civilized people are beginning to find out that going to the mountains is like going home. Wilderness is an absolute necessity. And you probably know that John Muir and Teddy Roosevelt were responsible for starting all of our nat national park systems. So it's really important that we maintain those public lands and not allow oil and other industry to encroach on them. And I'll talk more about that as we get going. Research has shown that as little as five minutes, five minutes, in nature can lower your blood pressure, relax your muscles, and increase your connection with others. Five minutes. So let's talk about forest bathing and spending time in nature and its importance to the human body. Forest bathing, bathing is a literal translation of a Japanese term, which is Shinrin Yoko, a term coined by the Japanese government in 1982 to encourage urbanites to immerse themselves in nature. And they adopted it with glee. The Japanese take this so seriously, they actually have a system where they certify the very best forests that they have to do forest bathing. Forest bathing or spending time in nature is a cornerstone of preventative health in and healing in Japanese medicine. 
It's also part of the Tao philosophy and other Eastern approaches to health. And the Tao philosophy comes from Korea and forest bathing is also very important to them. So especially in this age where most of us are urbanites, it's increasingly important that we spend time outdoors and in nature. I will admit, I don't always take advantage of forest bathing or being out of doors when I'm in Los Angeles because I gotta go looking for trees here. We're pretty flat and we are a desert area, although I do live in what's known as the San Gabriel Valley, and we have a lot more trees in our part of Los Angeles than some areas of Los Angeles do. But it's an, being out in nature is an important reason that I love living part-time in Sedona. I think I've mentioned to you all that I am married four and a half years. My husband and I both had homes in Arcadia, so we sold his home and we bought a home in Sedona, which is a little slice of heaven on earth. Just being in my backyard in Sedona brings me serenity, as well as being able to walk along the Verde River or being out of doors in the tremendous beauty of the area. Just looking out of my kitchen window in Sedona, I remind myself how grateful I need to be every day because I look at um, lush greenery with just one house way over there and the gorgeous red rocks over there. So it's really stunningly beautiful. So that's me being around nature and I love getting out on the paths and getting into the areas where there are male and female vortexes there, all of which is good for my health and my body. The idea is simple. If a person simply visits a natural area and walks in a relaxed way, there are calming, rejuvenating, and restorative benefits. We kind of know this intuitively because when we get out into nature, we feel good. But we need to know it on a more cognitive level because it's so important to keep us healthy. And we're so busy, we don't make time in our busy day or our busy weeks to get out and be in nature. Forest bathing includes walking outdoors in parks and urban areas, and you don't have to drive 100 miles to enjoy the activity and the benefits of forest bathing. Just find a local place to walk and enjoy the outdoors. I grew up in um, Yardley, Pennsylvania, and I was lucky because I lived next door to a field that had a huge forest next to it. So as a child, I would head out in the morning and I would go into the forest and I would find my, I was an avid reader, so I would find myself a comfortable place to sit amongst the trees and I would read. Now, my mother did have to go on a tick alert when I came home and we had all kinds of ways that remove ticks and in the chapter that I just wrote, I talked about what you do about ticks, but you shouldn't stay out of the forest because of that danger. Even though you could get Lyme disease, apparently if you get the ticks right away, then you don't get the virus, which I find fascinating. Biophilia is a term made famous by entomologist E.O. Wilson. And it means that humans are actually hardwired to connect with nature. In May 19, 2019, Aaron Rubin of Outdoor Magazine also reported that there is growing research 
on the mental health impacts of having access to green spaces. And that means more and more doctors are prescribing nature to their patients. The benefits of forest bathing include, now prepare to be blown away, a boosted immune system, reduced blood pressure, reduced stress, improved mood, reduced anger, reduced anxiety. Being out in nature reduces cancer cells and helps you fight them, increases your ability to focus even in children with ADHD, which is on the rise, by the way, so this is a good way to have an antidote for that. Accelerated recovery from surgery or illness. An increased energy level. Improved sleep. Deeper and deeper and clearer intuition. Increased flow of en energy. Increased capacity to communicate with the land and with its species the deepening of human friendships. There's an overall increase in general happiness from getting out in nature. Increased flow of life force, deepening of friendships with your fellow human beings, improves your mood in general, and it's an excellent antidote for depression. And by the way, they used to think that depression was from the brain and they now know that the majority of your serotonin is made in your gut. And there is a vagus nerve that goes from your gut to your brain. And so if you're not eating the right amount of green plants and all the colors of the nature of nature, that can also start depression, but getting out into nature can help take care of it. And eating real live food, preferably organic, can also help with depression. It will reduce your cortisol, which is your stress hormone. When I got sick, I almost had none at all because I was constantly being chased by a tiger and the tiger almost caught me. It can protect you against type two diabetes. It will improve your self-esteem and confidence. It will improve your passion for life and it will improve your connection to energy. So I want to stop and point a couple of these out and why getting out into the forest and forest bathing or getting out into nature is so important. Better sleep. There is a new study out of UC Berkeley that concludes that seven hours of quality sleep is even more important for health than reducing your stress. Being out of doors and away from artificial light helps you synchronize your biology to your natural circadian rhythm. Research shows that 21 different varieties of trees actually have their own circadian rhythm and they breathe. There is a fabulous video on YouTube that you can Google and watch that's the research of a, natura, uh, of a natural um, PhD from British Columbia and then a researcher from Germany that have made all kinds of fascinating um, observations about trees and they have studied them and they're starting to prove them as fact. So it's pretty cool. So their circadian rhythms actually impact our circadian rhythms. 
There's also a brand new study out, I don't know where it was done, but it again is talking about the importance of getting a whole night's sleep because that last hour is when your brain cleans itself and sweeps out all the crud and takes care of any dementia that is possibly growing in your brain. It sweeps out the plaque, so it's really important that you get a good night's sleep. Second, stress reduction. Chronic stress is deadly. It impacts every single organ in your body. So it's a key element of leaky gut, which is in my opinion and the functional medical community's opinion that it is the root of chronic illness. I actually just revised my first book to include more chronic illness because I originally wrote the book just for autoimmune and guess what? If you have heart disease or cancer, it's just as important for you that you clean up your leaky gut. Reduced blood pressure significantly impacts the heart and reduces the likelihood of heart disease. So forest bathing improves that. Improved mood. Most people I talk to, I just said this, talk about depression being something they inherited and it actually comes from the gut. Research shows that forest bathing positively creates calming neuropsychological effects through changes in the nervous system. So it reduces your stress hormone cortisol and boosts your immune system. In only 15 minutes of forest bathing, your blood pressure will drop. I think that's pretty amazing. Your stress levels will be reduced and your concentration and mental clarity will be improved. The researchers were able to demonstrate that compared to a typical city environment, there are profound health benefits observed in subjects when they experience shinrin-yoku, which is the Japanese term for forest bathing. Actually, across the board, all the major measured parameters were significantly better when subjects were in nature including that they lowered their blood pressure, they lowered their pulse rate, they lowered their salivatory cortisol level, and they got better heart rate variability. Trees shower, actually bathe themselves in anti antimicrobial, antifungal, antibacterial compounds called phytocytes explains Ben Page, founder of the Shinrin-yoku in Los Angeles. This is how trees combat disease. These chemicals have positive impacts on the human body as well. These chemicals that come off of trees help humans fight cancer cells. Chemicals called terpenes are released by some plants and they come from the leaves, pine needles, tree trunks, and thick bark. They are also released from bushes, herbs, shrubs, mushrooms, mosses, and ferns. They enter our bodies through our skin and through our lungs, and terpenes are anti-inflammatory, anti-thermogenic, and neuroprotective. Terpene, terpenes are also anti-cancer chemicals. Forest bathing encourages something called natural killer cells that protect the human body. 
or otherwise known as NKCs. These two work to thwart cancer. One day in the forest enhances our natural killer cells for up to seven days. In two or three days, the effects could last for as long as 30 days. Now, I didn't know any of that, so I am blown away. These chemicals vary by season, which makes sense. Terpenes are highest in the summer and lowest in the winter. This is another quote by John Muir. The clearest way into the universe is through a forest wilderness. So make, in, make going into nature for at least a half an hour a priority of your week. Go with an intention to clear your busy mind. For those of you who have a hard time meditating, which I do because I have busy mind all the time as an A personality, this is a great way to live with intention and to clear your mind. Leave your goals and expectations behind you and step onto your path for your walk. Leave all your electronics behind. These have no use to you at all as you bathe and indeed will interrupt your experience. Breathe. There is a general consensus that as a population, we do not breathe as we should be. And you'll remember if you watched my first episode, I taught everyone how to do the Dr. Andrew Weil 478 breathing exercise. You can look that up on Google and do it right with him. It is my number one way to reset my parasympathetic nervous system and to lower my stress level dramatically. And it's proven by whether or not I get to do that exercise when I walk into my doctor's office before they take my blood pressure. Because if I haven't done my breathing, my blood pressure is sky high because I've been rushing in rush hour traffic. And if I have been doing my breathing exercise, my pulse is low and so is my blood pressure. I want you to use all your senses when you go on your walk. I want you to look and see what's on your path. I want you to listen and hear what's on your path. I want you to breathe and smell and taste the environment. I want you to use your senses so that you get the full experience. I want you to walk and literally, quote unquote, smell the roses. There are all kinds of fabulous smells when you go into the forest. I love all the herbs and the plants and the trees that are growing. So I want you to take and be conscious of what all of those beautiful smells are and then to enjoy them to their fullest. I want you to meander and not walk fast. This is being done to slow you down, to have you be mindful, and you don't, you're not running a race, so do it slowly. If you go with friends, I want you to agree not to talk to them while you're out there in the forest. I recommend that you go stand by a tree and that you breathe with it. Now, when I first said this to a group of people, they looked at me like I landed from Mars, and I think some of my friends would tell you that perhaps I have. But I will tell you, it's a pretty nifty experience for you to go breathe with a tree. Trees let off oxygen, which you need. You let off carbon dioxide, which they need. So it's really a nifty thing to go pick a tree and stand with it and breathe with it and to share your gifts that you have to offer each other. Don't stay on the perimeter, go into the forest. 
The health-benefiting befitting chemicals are dense where the forest is dense, and that's not gonna be on the outskirts of the forest. Go into the forest and then relax and literally bathe in these incredible chemicals. If it has rained, these chemicals are even stronger and have greater benefits. So stop and enjoy the simplicity of little things, the beauty of a leaf, a sensational wildflower by the path, smell the air, and enjoy the fragrance. Find a place to sit like I used to as a child and take in the experience. Notice how the animals and birds adjust to you and your presence while you're in the forest. Listen for the sounds and let them soothe you. Feel the dirt beneath your feet and ground to the earth. And if you can't even get down and play in the dirt, there is a book out called Eat Dirt by a very famous functional practitioner. And the, that's where we get a lot of our microbes and our bacteria that are healthy in our gut. And so it, we've gotten away from playing in the dirt. Go play in the dirt, it's good for you. Forest bathing is about non-doing. It's not about doing. And it's about practicing the art of being. And don't forget that the impact of having live plants in your office and in your living space is also significant. There are benefits just because you're surrounded by plants. Forest bathing can be a shared or group activity, or it can be a singular activity. Forest bathing can be guided, or it can be independent. Forest bathing can spark creativity and problem solving, and forest bathing promotes well-being. Okay, now the next interesting thing about trees is not just these incredible chemicals that they let go that help keep them healthy and that have all kinds of health benefits for you, but they actually talk to each other, which I had no idea about. There is an intricate, an intricate web system underneath trees that's like an internet, and they send communications to each other, and part of what communicates are the fungi at, that are along these wires, or we'll call them, underneath the forest floor. A mother tree, stays in communication with her children for their entire life. She also has a connection to her grandchildren and her great-grandchildren and her great-grandchildren. She sends them messages and she protects them, which, who knew? I think that's pretty fascinating. And so if you see a little seedling next to a big tree, the big tree is probably the mother and the little seedling is a generation that has come in a time other than when the mother tree started. The mother tree started as a, as a little seedling, and so that's an offspring of hers. Trees are incredibly social creatures, utterly dependent on each other for their survival. And as it is with us, communication between trees is key. Now, one of the things I think is interesting is Communication is not necessarily species-specific. It certainly is within the species, 
but there are also some other species that they cohabitate with, that they have communication with as well. After scientists discovered pine tree roots could transfer carbon to other pine tree roots in a lab, ecology professor Susan Simard set out to figure out how they did it and did they do it in the wild. And yes, they do. What she discovered was a vast tangled web of hair-like mushroom roots and, and information superhighway allowing trees to communicate important messages to other members of their species and related species and that the forest behaves as a single organism. The idea that trees could share information underground was highly controversial when she came out with her original findings. Some of her colleagues thought she was crazy, so I'm not the only person that's crazy. Having trouble funding research, she eventually set out to conduct the experiments herself, planting 240 birch, fir, and cedar trees in a Canadian forest. When she tells the story, it's a hoot because the first time she went into the forest, she was just getting ready to start to conduct her experiments and Mama Grizzly and her baby showed up. So she went and sat it out in her truck and waited until the coast was clear. And then she went to start to do her experiments again and Mama Grizzly Bear and her cubs showed up again. So it took her a while before she could actually start the experiments in the wilderness but they're all integral to each other, so it's an important aspect of her experience. She covered the seedlings with plastic bags and filled them with various types of carbon gas. An hour later, she took the bags off, ran her Geiger counter over the leaves, and heard what she called the most beautiful sound and this is in a TED talk that you can also look up and listen to on the internet. It was the sound of a birch actually talking to a fir. The birch was saying, hey, hi there, can I help you? And the fir was saying, yeah, can you send me some of your carbon? Somebody threw shade cloth over me and I need some. She also scanned the cedar's leaves and as she suspected, silence. The cedar was in its own world. It wasn't part of this community. And so it was not connected into the fungal web linking birches and firs. The birch tree and the fir were a lively two-way conversation, but the cedar was not part of the conversation. When the fir tree was shaded by the birch in summer, the birch tree actually sent more carbon to it. When the birch tree was leafless in the winter, the fir sent more carbon to it. The two trees were totally interdependent, just like yin and yang. They were cooperators with each other. Trees communicate by sending mysterious chemical and hormonal signals to each other via the mycelium to determine which trees need more carbon, which need nitrogen, which need phosphorus, which need carbon, and which trees have some to spare, sending the elements back and forth to each other until the entire 
forest is balanced. Balance, the word balance comes up a lot when they're studying the forest and how they communicate with each other. Just like the word balance is coming up a lot now in terms of how we take care of ourselves for human health. The web is so dense that there can be hundreds of kilometers of mycelium under a single footstep. The mycelium web connects mother trees with baby trees and allows them to feed their young. A single mother tree can provide nourishment for hundreds of smaller trees in the understory of her branches. Mother trees can even recognize their kin, sending them more mycelium and carbon and reducing their own root size in order to make room for their babies. This new understanding of tree communication had Simard worried about the implications of clear cutting. When mother trees are injured or dying, they send their wisdom on to the next generation. They can't do this if they're all wiped out at once. Um, I don't know if it's in this article, but in the video, she even talks about that when you start to cull a forest, you should take trees some distance away from each other and you should never take the mother tree. You can take a large child but you really should leave the mother tree alone because she's so important to the health of all the many generations of trees that have sprung forth from her. When mother trees are injured or dying, they send their wisdom on to the next generation. You can take out one or two hub trees, but there comes a tipping point. If you take out one too many, the whole system collapses. Often, clear-cut forests are replanted with only one or two species, not with all the different species that were there when they started doing their cutting. These simplified forests lack complexity, making them much more vulnerable to infection and bugs. One of the things that the trees communicate to each other is if they're invaded by insects. They will send that message so that the chemicals start to come off the tree that repel the insects and protect the future generations that she's given birth to. To ensure the survival of the planet's lungs at a time when they are most crucial right now, Simmard suggests four simple solutions to end the damage from clear cutting. Get out into the forest more this in and of itself will remind us how interdependent we actually are with trees in our ecosystem. Two, save old growth forests as repositories of genes, mother trees and mycelium networks. Where do we cut? Save the legacy trees so that they can pass on important information to the next generation. And then I want to share with you how they've recently discovered that trees have a heartbeat because I think this is pretty darn interesting as well. Until now, scientists thought water moves through trees by osmosis. 
in a somewhat continuous manner. Now they've discovered the trunks and the branches of trees are actually contracting and expanding in order to pump water up from the roots to the leaves, similar to the way our heart pumps blood through our bodies. The only difference between our pulse and a tree's is the tree's much slower beating once every two hours or so, instead of regulating blood pressure, the heartbeat of a tree regulates water pressure. So it's much slower than ours, but they do it on a circadian rhythm. And it slows down dramatically at night and their branches actually lower significantly at night when they go to sleep. We've discovered that most trees have regular periodic changes in shape synchronized across the whole plant, which imply periodic changes in water pressure. In, in Zaniski's 2017 study, and he's from the University of the Netherlands, they discovered that with terrestrial laser scanning, they could monitor 22 different tree species to see how the shape of their canopies actually changed as the day went around the clock. The measurements were taken in greenhouses at night to rule out sun and wind as factors in the trees. And after studying the nocturnal activity, the researchers came up with a theory that the movement means that motion is an indication that trees are actually pumping water up through their roots. And therefore it is a type of heartbeat. Zielinski and Barford, his partner, explained their theory in their newest study called Plant Signaling and Behavior. In classical plant physiology, most transport processes are explained as constant flows with negligible, negligible sorry, fluctuation in time. No fluctuations with periods shorter than 24 hours are assumed or explained by current models but researchers still don't fully understand how the pumping motion works. They suggest maybe the trunk gently squeezes the water, pushing it up towards the exylem, a system of tissue in the trunk whose main job is to transport water and nutrient from the roots to the shoots to the leaves. He and his team released another study demonstrating that birch trees literally go to sleep at night. Researchers believe that the dro dropping of birch branches before dawn is caused by the decreases in the tree's water pressure. With no photosynthesis at night to drive the conversion of sunlight into simple sugars, trees likely conserve energy by relaxing their branches that would otherwise be angled towards the sun. They can't get the sun and do the photosynthesis, so they just relax instead. These birch movements are uh, part of their circadian rhythm and they do follow a day-night cycle. Their new discovery is something entirely different, they say, because the movements happen at much shorter intervals. Okay, I wanna talk about the first time I was asked to hug a tree and if I was lucky that the tree would have a message for me, which I went, yeah, right. I was out at Mago, which is a yoga retreat 
that's run by the Dow community. And it's 150 acres just outside of Sedona, and it is spectacular. And there is a tree on there. There are two trees there that I'm in love with, the tree that I went and hugged. And then there's another old twisted tree that has a big heart right in the center of it. And then there's another part of the tree that I call Mother Earth, who comes up and looks into the heart. So it's also a spectacular tree. One of the things that happens in Sedona is if a tree is sitting on a female vortex, its trunk starts to twist in a counterclockwise manner. And if it's sitting on a male vortex, the tree trunk and all of the lines of the tree start to twist in a um, clockwise direction. So trees on this reserve are really pretty fantastic unto themselves and they are sensationally beautiful all over Sedona as a result of the energy. So the tree that is very intuitive is out. It's not amongst other trees, but there are, it's actually got a circle of rocks around it. But there are other trees that are probably part of its network. They're just not standing right next to it. And it's a great big tree with tons of leaves and it's very green. So my master, who I was working with, and I approached the tree and she instructed me to give it a hug and then to get very quiet and to listen. Now, I was on this retreat because I had just finished writing my first book. I had autoimmune disease. I had not yet figured out how to return to total wellness, but I was doing a lot better. I had less pain and I was controlling my stress. And so I've gone to Mago really to just chill out in a place that is sensationally beautiful while my husband went on retreat there. So I was working one-on-one -on -one with this master and I was thinking, yeah, right, this tree's gonna talk to me. So I walked up to the tree and I hugged it and I just got quiet. And it didn't take long when I knew what question I wanted to ask the tree. So I closed my eyes and when the time was right, what I asked the tree was, how do I heal myself further from my autoimmune disease? What do I need to do? How do I get over my chronic, exhausted feeling when I wake up in the morning, which is what I was feeling when I finished the book, which I had written in record time. And so I've got my eyes closed and I'm just feeling the tree. And all of a sudden I saw a large eye open. It looked like it was an eye on one side of an elephant. And it opened up big and it looked at me and it chuckled. And it said, Cheryl, why are you asking that question? You know the answer without even asking me. And I stood back and went, well, yeah, you're right. I do kind of know the answer. I'm a type A personality. I was there to slow down and I needed to take better self-care of myself. So the tree was absolutely right. So then I closed my eyes and I got quiet again. And then a whole bunch of eyes opened in the tree that looked like elephant eyes and just looked at me. And it said, so why aren't you doing it? Why do you do what you do when you know what you know? So when I came back to Los Angeles, I wrote a blog about this because I was amused that the tree knew exactly what to say to me. Now, was it the tree or was it me? I don't know, but it certainly had wisdom and I did know the answer, so it made me face it. 
So that's my story about getting out into the forest and forest bathing. You must have some place that you can get around live things. And I want you to find where that place is and I want you to set time aside each week at least for a half an hour to get out in nature. The benefits are enormous. Whether you're sick or whether you're well, get out into nature. You're not out there to walk quickly. You're out there to breathe and to take care of yourself. And the more you can get into a dense forest type area, the better off your body is. But if it's just taking a walk in a green area, don't deprive yourself of that because you don't have a big forest next to your house that you can go play in. Make sure you get out into nature. It's one of the best things that you can do psychologically for yourself. It will reset your mood. It gives you an opportunity to be grateful. One of my very first shows was on practicing gratitude. And I start my day every day with the five things I am most grateful for. And when I can get out into nature, that's one of them. So you want to be grateful. You want to get outside someplace where it's sensational, where it touches your soul and relaxes your brain and your body. And the health benefits of this are amazing. Now, I knew that was true before I realized that all the parts of the tree are putting off chemicals that are good for you. And so now that you know that, I want you to go get into the forest and I want you to sit there and literally bathe in all those chemicals because the health benefits are enormous. So that's our show for today. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, please feel free to write to me through the internet or you can write to me at CherylMHealthMuse at gmail.com because I'm happy to share anything I know about health because my goal is to give hope to anybody out there who's not feeling their best and to share information so that you can be all that you are meant to be. I'm celebrating how good I feel and I want you to feel that good too. So that's our show for today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to me and I'll be back next week. Thank you so much. Remember, it feels good to feel good. So make sure that you listen to your body. You tune in, whether you're in your house or you're out forest bathing, and you ask your body, how does it feel and what does it need?